0: Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Nally D. Today we're talking...
1: About museums. 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 Uh, You'd love to go there. i love to go there.
0: I would love to go to a
1: fucking museum. (sighs) Okay, I'm pretty sure I've even mentioned this. The one thing I want to do more than anything else once the pandemic is finished, or at least... Loosened up enough that I feel comfortable going somewhere. I want to go to the damn museum. That's where I want to go. I want to go see some art. I want to go see some old art and look at it. And look up real close at it and be like, man, that guy was way better at painting than me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a painting at the Columbus Museum of Art that's my favorite painting there. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It is like some like 1500s or 1600s painting of a lady and a guy standing on a balcony with a, a monkey and a bird in a cage.
0: It's it's really surrealist, but the guy painted it in such a way where it's, it's gorgeous. It's you know how Thomas Kincaid is the painter of light? He's just a pretender to this real Dutch mastery.
1: Right. It, it, they, this lady's wearing this like, silver silk gown, and it is like, so metallic-y, shiny, that it's like luminescent. It's the fucking most beautiful painting. I love that painting. It's the only reason I ever want to go to the Columbus Museum of Art, and every time I go there, I'm like, where's my painting? Let's go check it out.
0: <laughs> it's exactly... The feeling you get like when you would go to Blockbuster as a kid and you know you wanted to check out the same movie, you know, you want to go get Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and you're like, All right, let's go three, three owls over. That's where Pee Wee's is. Let's see if they got it today, right?
1: Every time I go to the museum and I see it, I always come back and I read about it online and I always read about it and how it's supposed to be like symbolism about like lust and shit like that. I'm like, Oh, this is so fucking sweet. I forget what it's called though. I'll have to. (laughs) Sorry, guys.
0: (laughs) So, Natalie before we get any before we get any further what is a museum
1: a museum is an institution that cares for or conserves a collection of artifacts and other objects of artistic cultural historic or or scientific importance and it is a thing where they will have a bunch of shit and they make it so the public can come and look at it and they have exhibits and So they'll have like stuff in storage, and then they'll like rotate it out into exhibits and shit like that.
0: There's got to be somebody that's never been to a museum.
1: <sighs> I mean, there has to be. I mean, there there are less fortunates in the world.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, around the world, I think there's plenty of people. I think in America, they lug you to the museum in school. But maybe you're homeschooled.
1: Right. Maybe you're homeschooled, and you only go to that museum that's like the arc. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I actually I know somebody who went to the to the creation uh, a friend of mine from high school right <laughs> went to the uh, creation museum and came back and and was posting about it. That's I I kind of wanted to go before that because so if if you don't know the creation museum, it's in Kentucky. It's this whole museum set up to reinforce the implications of the Bible. <laughs> now the. King James version I suppose not the good bible with all the hidden books
1: <laughs> <laughs> not the gnostic shit
0: <laughs> but so you know 6000 years ago dinosaurs were a test noah's ark is real to animals etc right evolution is fake all this uh with a big replica of noah's ark and i kind of wanted to go before that but just knowing that people were going and like taking their kids just made me feel like uh that, that,
1: my uh, thing is I would go and rubberneck there, but I know that it probably cost forty bucks for a ticket. And no no, I'm not fucking giving them a hundred dollars. Fuck that. I'll yeah. take that hundred dollars and buy something that's like totally like indulgent just for myself and and feel no guilt as opposed to giving it to those fuck asses. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, and the thing is that that's tied into that whole ecosystem of like restricting people's rights, right, yeah, you know, so anyway, uh, Right, you. There's no way of ironically going if you're still giving them money. You're effectively making a campaign contribution. Yeah, uh you cannot make an ironic campaign contribution to somebody who wants to kill. Like all
1: those fucking dumb shits when uh, Trump was running for president, and they would ironically get their fucking MAGA hats.
0: Uh, Like you fucking pigs. Yeah, you fucking dumb shits. I knew a couple guys online who got little MAGA hats and took ironic photos. God, I wish I had the photos. Wish I had the photos now in 2021. That'd be worth a lot.
1: Right. I. I. You know, if if you're interested in a book recommendation from me, if you were to ask me what my favorite book is, and if you were to ask me what book. I think about more and more and more every like so fucking frequently and it has fucking um, the main points of this book have, have been writ large in my life. And so I find it to be a, a particularly uh, poignant book. Like, People always say Handmaid's Tale, this and that. That's No, what we need to read is Mother Night by Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. And the whole premise of the whole book boils down to you are what you pretend to be. And so if you're pretending to be a MAGA guy, you might as well be a MAGA guy. If 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 you're you're pretending to be something shitty, then you are shitty. Guess what?
0: If you're... (laughs) Yeah, if you're being... And I've learned this in my life. Unfortunately, it took me way too long. If you got a buddy and his bit, quote, air quote, his bit is that he's always really mean. But he kind (laughs) of, he's mean and he winks at you like, I know, I know better. (laughs) So this is just, it's just a joke when I'm mean to you.
1: Right, no, you're actually just mean.
0: And if you know somebody who knows you know somebody who has been educated who has effectively a liberal education you know a secular education and they have theoretically they have progressive politics and they theoretically are egalitarian and they are theoretically not racist or sexist or anything but they make little jokes and they they say stuff about uh, minorities or they say stuff about people of certain religions and they especially say stuff about women
1: yeah sure
0: but they do it kind of winkingly like i know better teehee i know better no it's just i'm do i'm saying it ironically no Nobody says that stuff ironically unless they really believe it at least a little bit.
1: Right. And the idea also like people who do stuff ironically like that, they have like the massive ego to think that everyone who happens upon their stuff knows everything about them.
0: It, yeah, if it only They don't works.
1: understand, like, the garbage culture. And so some people, the vast majority of people who see this shit that you make are people who will only see that. And they what they take away from it is that you like Donald Trump.
0: <laughs>
1: right? And don't ever fucking pretend to be something that you are not willing to defend. That's my fucking 100% opinion. And that is why, that was my recommendation. Y'all need to read that book. I'm not sure why, how we got on this topic, but here we are. Don't fucking pretend to be shit, ironically, because it's, ju- it's just like doing that in real life.
0: Yeah, because this, <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but this is, this one right here, this is the real life. Well, I, we are in a simulation, but still, it's your simulation.
1: <laughs> and,
0: you know, whether they turn it off tomorrow or whether your bits perish into the ether, it's still your only simulation. You've got Buster. Right, sure. <laughs> so, uh... Somebody suggested the museum's topic to us in Discord.
1: Ain't nothing. I actually, you know what, ain't nothing requested it probably the most recently when we were looking to see who suggested it. But I'm pretty sure that has been suggested more than once.
0: So if you're not in our Discord, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity, you can hop in and tell us what to talk about. And if you don't subscribe, we won't listen. Sorry. (laughs)
1: So, um, all the best museums obviously are in the big towns, right? Big cities. They have, like, all the good art. They have, like, all the cultural artifacts. They have, like, all the fucking spoils of the pillage, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are also, like, smaller museums, like, local museums. Like, in my town, we had the Popcorn Museum.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And,
1: like, I would love those museums, don't you? The little I fucking love all museums.
0: Single-topic museums, and I, I do. I love all museums. We were up by Lake Erie a couple years back, and there was a museum that was built into an old house by the shore, and the museum was a museum about itself.
1: <laughs> I think it was a lighthouse.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it was a little house and a little lighthouse out there, but it was like, here's what this house used to look like. <laughs> Did you know that this guy <laughs> lived in this house? I still loved it. It was the dumbest museum I've ever been in. It was the museum of this house.
1: Yeah. I, my, The town I grew up in, we had popcorn museum, and we also had the Harding Home, which was a museum where you could walk through Warren G. Harding's house, and it's all set up like how it was when he lived there.
0: Yeah, I bet that was super amazing for you as, like, a 10-year-old.
1: I, you know, I wasn't too into it, but, like, I've gone back recently because I have a friend who works there, and so I I find it extremely fascinating now. Oh, yeah. I've I've grown into, like, a a very fond, fond appreciation of Warren G. Harding because he is, like, like the shittiest dude (laughs) and like i've seen so many cultural artifacts of him and like i got led into his tomb and shit like that it's like we're tight like me and warren g are tight for real like i'm he's my favorite president probably now
0: (laughs) so museums predated warren harding
1: they did Who
0: (laughs) who invented the first museum
1: The first museum was founded in 1677, and it was called the Ashmolean Museum. Okay. And it was a personal collection of stuff from some dude named Elias Ashmole.
0: Ashmole?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Ashmole. And it was set up at the University of Oxford.
0: That just seems like, uh, maybe, well, I guess that was the first museum. I'd say these days, if you were to set up something in Oxford, that would be like kind of
1: bragging. Right, right. And so this museum was mostly like books and shit, like that. Like he had like a bunch of books and old documents and coins and little knickknacks and hickey-doos and old shit, basically.
0: Oh, so it was a guy, and he just had so much stuff. He's like, It would be cool if I just let everybody look at my stuff. Because he's like,
1: You know, I have this great collection in my house, and when my friends come over, they're always like, Oh, this shit is so great. And then they're like, I bring my friends over to look at your stuff. And he's like, You know what? I just had a million dollar idea.
0: (laughs) That would be, uh, I think that would be a 660. thousand pound idea if it was was in england
1: how much what was the exchange rate how much like 1677 it was like a 1326 pound idea
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i think inflation has hit a bit in the past (laughs)
1: 400 500 years yeah a little bit (laughs) yeah A hey penny. That's how much it was. It was a hey penny idea.
0: That's a half of a penny. That's (laughs) that's big pennies.
1: Yeah, right. Cutting pennies like a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he had a crystal ball, which is cool. I have a crystal ball. Yeah. Uh, He... Probably used it for doing crystal ball stuff and making crystal ball predictions, which is cool shit. Uh, He had medical equipment. He had uh, exotic animals and fish and stuff like that. He had a big thigh bone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he thought it was from a giant man or a giant woman, but it was probably a dinosaur bone. Okay. But he saw this giant bone and the first thing he thought was, that dude was huge
0: well yeah if you if you had no idea of course that'd be what you thought i'm I'm sure that that is where all of the rumors of giant peoples living at some time or another came
1: from well there's giant people didn't they find giant people around here Uh. say yes just say yes there was articles about it in the newspaper i'm sure it wasn't real but i'm gonna say yes
0: There were, I'm going to agree, there were claims that they found giant people.
1: They they dug up giants, and this was like in the late 1800s or something, and so...
0: That was the 1800s. I mean, this guy really scooped them, 1677. You know, really, the 1800s were the time. You know, you could be out there chugging snake oil, and you'd be like, this snake oil tastes an awful lot like laudanum. <laughs> you'd find some big bone, and you're like, brother, I'm high as hell. I think this came from a big man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this man is gigantic, <laughs> so um, the first public museum in France was the Louvre. Did you know that?
0: No, that's the main thing, still, yeah, they kept expanding that side. I think I've- you
1: should take me to the Louvre. That's why I would very much like to go to the Louvre.
0: sure, you want to fly on a plane,
1: not right now. <laughs> After the pandemic, I want to go to the Louvre. I my favorite thing. I like My favorite thing is art museums. What is your favorite kind of museum?
0: I like I like art museums, but I think my favorite kind, where I really enjoy going, is a natural history museum.
1: I like a natural history museum.
0: You I know like what? Seeing
1: I, the old dinosaur tooth and stuff.
0: What I miss is I miss the Triumph of Man. It was it was very cheesy it was an exhibit here at cosi which was a science museum here it used to be on broad street in columbus and they had this whole light up display with these audio with these like audio triggers and they would light up like chromagnons in a cave and they're like early man this was where we learned to use sticks for good don't done and for evil.
1: <laughs> the Triumph of Man was very much my favorite thing at Kosai. Actually, I had a couple of favorite things at Cosi, but I'm going to talk about tri- Triumph of Man first, right? I credit Triumph of Man probably had a major part in making me weird. <laughs> yeah? I've been to, I went to Cosi a few times when I was a kid, but the Triumph of Man was the first time I saw something that was like... I could tell it was not something that other people were into, but I was very much like, I wanna know everything about this is I was walking through the Triumph of Man and then I got to the big diorama of the Black Death and I was like, What the fuck? This Rex <laughs> <laughs> It's like a diorama of like these dudes and this like cart full of corpses and like rats climbing all over them and like dead women on the f- on the ground and shit. And I was like this is fucking bananas. I've never seen anything like this. This is the coolest shit I've ever seen.
0: But it was it was life size. Yeah,
1: it was. I fucking love The Triumph of Man. I would fucking, I would love it if it was still around. And honestly, like, after I saw that it wasn't coming back, I poked around. I was like, is it anywhere? Can I buy The Triumph of Man? Can we set the tunnel up in the backyard?
0: If if we... (laughs) Million dollar idea. Garbage Brain University. Million dollar idea.
1: We set up the Triumph of Man in the backyard, and we get people fucked up before they go through it. So it's like, you do a couple beer bongs, take a couple bong rips, and then you head through the Triumph of Man, man.
0: We do a little calculation. We give them exactly enough ketamine so that they, <laughs> so that they can still see things. Yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't. The anesthesia only kicks in like not quite up to their eyeballs. Right. <laughs> pat them on the ass and push them in the door.
1: <laughs> just give them a hit of salvia and they roll around on the ground in front of the caveman exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> So, there are a bunch of different people who work at the museum. Did you know this? Yeah. There is a board with a director and all of the employees. And they all work towards their institutional goal. And so, there are curators and they are the ones who plan out all the shit with the fucking museum exhibits right so they are like the smarty pantses who are like oh let's do a ex- let's do a exhibit about the history of a dinosaur's asshole and blah 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 so and- the
0: curator is like the dj of the museum
1: yeah right They're the one who's going to do the mix, man. They're going to figure out, like, how they're going to lay out those fucking old
0: dresses. (laughs) And they're the ones who really give you the hard choices. You know, when you go to a big museum, you do whatever you pay to get in. And then they're like, do you want to pay $17 extra to see the exhibit smoking dresses? The history of dresses worn by people who smoked. (laughs) And you're like, I... I don't know. And you turn <laughs> if you're by yourself, you know you have to think. And if you're there with your family or you're there with a with a friend or your partner, you have to look at them. And neither one of you wants to make that decision because you don't want to miss the exhibit. You're in the museum to look at the exhibits, but you don't want to shell out for three people. That's fifty one dollars. Yeah, right. You don't want to shell out all that extra. Oh, all that extra money. Oh, to look. I mean, we, there's we got plenty of other museum. Right. We can look at all the rest of the museum for the money I already paid. Right. <sighs> just don't, you know, pay for pay for the exhibits. Just don't pay for the IMAX. Fuck the IMAX.
1: Yeah, don't go watch a movie at the museum. Don't. Uh, I will pay I will only pay for the special exhibit if it really grabs me. Like if it's the reason I went to the museum, I'll fucking pay for it, but oh, yeah. if it's just like something like, oh, pointillism. A special exhibit of pointillism. Like, fuck that. I don't want to fucking see that shit. <laughs>
0: If I walk into the art museum though and they're like, "Are you a member?" I'm like, "No." And then they're like, "Do you want to pay $17 extra to see every cool 1960s op art that makes you feel like you're bugging out, man?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Fuck, yes." <laughs> Give me the map. I'm taking the map. I'm not missing this shit. <laughs> I want the di- I want the shit on the floor that makes it look like the floor's wobbly. <laughs>
1: whoa <laughs>
0: bring it in maybe you could have natural History wing We're on the other side of the horse that's looks it's a horse and it looks like it's made out of sticks but the sticks are made out of bronze then there's another door you never saw before you push it through and there's dead birds and they stuffed them so they're alive
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh no now you're in the room with a giant barrel <laughs>
0: fucking so there's an exhibit at the local there's an exhibit at the local museum at the local art museum and it's a long room
1: yeah it's like a, it's like a hall
0: and it, there's a big rope that goes front to back and then there's a big barrel sitting on the rope
1: yeah but the barrel is as wide as the room is it's a fucking gigantic it's the biggest barrel you've ever seen yeah i mean yeah i mean absolutely it's, like no no chance that you've ever seen a barrel bigger than this one
0: i mean yeah it's it is, it's impressive.
1: Yeah, big barrel. It's and it's Im- just on that rope, man.
0: It's impressive, but it just doesn't... You know, sometimes you can appreciate that somebody else had a vision and an idea and they executed it and it's really clean it looks good and so you know you could have a guy in a big Ohio State shirt with a with a flag uh hanging off his shoulder and he'd walk in and say that's not art well of course it's art uh it doesn't it doesn't say anything to me the barrel is very funny to me because it is it's somebody's idea but uh, they didn't (laughs) they I'm I missed it. It's me because they made it. The people at the museum liked it. I took uh chaperoned some kids. and I made all the kids stand under the barrel like it was going to fall on them. And I, <laughs> I, I,
1: <laughs> I was just it. getting ready to say the idea that the artist was trying to convey was the anxiety that the child you were trying to watch was going to get crushed by a barrel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The barrel's been there a couple of years. It's fine.
1: <laughs> barrel's been there forever. They had the barrel the old, the old incarnation of the museum.
0: Well, if they took it down and they put it back up, it makes you wonder if they aren't just attached.
1: I mean, I, I imagine. <laughs> this is,
0: this is false art. It's supposed to convey tension. All it's conveying to me now is the art of cheating.
1: <laughs> oh, art, fuck art. <laughs> Don't say that. No, my favorite thing is is like art and your favorite about, thing yeah. is art. Don't say that. <laughs> do not
0: ironically say you hate art. You never
1: remember- <laughs> I just I was just explaining to you guys how you shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love art, but I can still say fuck art because you know, there is a lot of like uh pretension and stuff which is fine with me but it but it allows you to be like fuck you (laughs) let's move on (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, okay i get it
0: (laughs) you know uh something i really liked recently artistically was the artist jenny holzer Uh, Yeah, she did, yeah. Uh, She's the one who Supreme stole. She had an exhibit, and Supreme basically stole her idea from her art exhibit, and they stole it, and they're like, that's us now. And they just did the logo Supreme, just like her art, and that's their logo now. Uh And I guess, I mean, I don't know
1: what happened man people get ripoff artists all the time
0: yeah i know but uh she had some exhibit where i guess they let her there's a little ticker on the news station downtown we got a big intersection across from the state house because columbus is the state capital and there's a there's a news ticker and it's usually like uh usually runs just like i'd imagine covid statistics and then it says ohio state player fell down and broke his knee and the Ohio State coach is like, "Wow, I think we're gonna do good this year." And uh, two cops shot a person. It's unclear as to what happened. Right. And they usually show that, but they had her, and she created all these all these words. So, like, I was driving by the fucking news station. It was just the word like oranges, and I'm just driving by, and it was like oranges on, and then it was like sadness, and then it was like think about your life, and I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> I came home and I looked it up and it was an exhibit, but that was really,
1: <laughs> that was great.
0: I was like, I was like, wow, this is really, because it's unexpected.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: that's, re- that's also the definition of, of humor is you have to have the unexpected. You have to have uh, something happen after a setup. And of course the context is, you know, this is the news station. You're used to seeing all these very bland and maybe glum like headlines instead, all this weird shit on there. It was nice. I liked it.
1: Well, I had... Uh, there was a town that was, like, not very far from where I grew up, and it was even smaller than the town I grew up in. It was called Be cyrus Mm-hmm. And we would drive up to Be cyrus sometimes, and there was this... I'm, it was, like, a theater, and then they turned it into a bank or something like that. Or it was, like, some kind of weird shit like that. So they had a marquee, but it wasn't a theater anymore. And yeah. so they would always write stuff on the marquee that was like weird pithy shit. And I drove by there one day and on the marquee, it was written really big on this movie Marquee, it said the only minor operation is one performed on someone else. And and I think and that's another thing that I fucking think about constantly for my entire life now. The only minor operation is one performed on someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Like that is like a very that's a you're, I mean you're not you're not wrong but it's a very weird thing to put on a fucking marquee. <laughs>
0: and I think just to contextualize it, Bucyrus has about four thousand people.
1: Right. It has has uh their big festival that they have there every year is about bratwurst.
0: <laughs> they have a bratwurst festival. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: I was I actually wrote a parade float in the bratwurst festival once
0: D- was that when you won the dance competition yeah when i won
1: national dance competition and i, I had I, I rode parades like all that summer yeah
0: wow <laughs> you, waved. you did you did this small town parade circuit yeah i did that's impressive
1: they paraded me through the bratwurst festival popcorn festival <laughs> you name it baby i waved at it <laughs> So um, there's also collection managers who work at museums, and they are the ones who are responsible for taking care of all the shit, like the guys who like make sure the paintings are t- taken care of, make sure no one spits on the mummies, you know, it, cleans them off. It, is that
0: like the people who keep track of what they have in the back? Because unlike yeah, unlike a retail store, museums actually do have more in the back.
1: Right. Well, they 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 are in charge of storing everything in the back moving stuff back and forth and caring for the items yeah because you do have to like dust stuff off and shit right yeah yeah and so they would be the ones who would do that shit i always when i was in college i was taking classes in ceramics and i was taking classes in art history and i dropped out of college because i was like you know what no one's gonna hire me to do either of these things And this is very expensive and I don't have any money already. But what I would now, like, I, I will get on YouTube and I watch that fucker who watch who cleans the paintings off, and I'm like, man, I really w- would fucking love to do some shit, shit like that.
0: hmm The guy who does the Baumgartner, Baumgartner, the guy who does the restoration. Yeah. If you look up Baumgartner restoration, I watch a him great doing job. that.
1: I'm like, oh, I would be so fucking good at that shit. I would love it. I would be so fucking good at that shit.
0: You have to be meticulous, and he'll do stuff like he'll take this certain kind of paste. And it's like uh, specially like atomically created so that it won't degrade for a thousand years. And he pastes, he'll like lift the painting layer off of the canvas and put it onto a new canvas. And then when there's areas that got fucked up, he will repaint them.
1: Uh-huh. And it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. I, I think that I would be excellent at that. I love getting way too involved in a very teeny tiny thing a little small area on a giant project that is like i find that myself in that position position so frequently that i'm like oh i would be so good at that i would fucking restore every painting in town (laughs) i'd fucking wash every bitch every single fucking bitch in town no fucking cigarette shit on their face nothing (laughs) i would i would say okay you go get your quote from bomb i'll give you 30 percent off
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah,
1: yeah. Uh, They have um, registrars at museums who are the ones who keep records of their collections, and they do the insurance and make sure that they didn't steal them. (laughs) Make sure that if it's loaned that they give it back. Yeah. Like all this stuff having to do with, like, the property shit of the museum. So how – I mean – Theoretically, there's a registrar. How did the registrar determine that uh, the British Museum needed to have all of the plunder from the pyramids?
0: Well, <laughs> there's a little bit of... Uh, it's like Hobby Lobby coming in and buying all of the ancient uh, antiquities from Iraq. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> you should fucking leave that. Sh-
0: I mean, in the, in the 1800s... British and Italian explorers came through. Quote, unquote, explorers. I mean, they were plunderers.
1: They destroyed the pyramids. They,
0: they came through and destroyed the pyramids. And there were even, you know, the Great Pyramids of Giza are in Egypt, which is at the north end of the Nile. But as you travel back the, uh, through the Nile, the Nile River Basin had a whole bunch of very old civilizations. Sure, And in Sudan, there were... Uh, settlements that also constructed pyramids. You don't hear much about the pyramids in Sudan because Italians came in and literally used dynamite to fucking blow the pyramids up. Right. There's only like one or two major settlements left in Sudan where they still have pyramids.
1: Right. Right. They just Was it the Italians who who took the caps off of them, the gold caps? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, and then they just ripped all the shit out. They took the mummies out and they ate them and they made paint out of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it's so insane like still we'll find you know in in Ireland they found in a bog right they found some 3000 year old butter uh-huh. bog butter and they took it and they carefully preserved it but if it was just 100 or 150 years earlier they would have just run ads in the paper that are like, get some of this ancient bog butter, 10p.
1: <laughs> you
0: come down and give them your pence and walk out with some nasty butter, bro.
1: Oh, yeah. Excellent. So um, there are also museum educators who are the ones who do, like, the public programs for kids. Like, come and draw a thing at the art museum. We're making a collage out of bullshit. Right? hmm And... They are the ones who do uh, community outreach and uh, they will collaborate with the museum staff to make sure that there are programs associated with their exhibits they're having and shit like that. That is another museum job you could have. Um, And then there are exhibit designers who are the ones who actually design the exhibits and make sure that everything is stuck to the wall right and make sure it looks good.
0: Make sure everything's bolted down. Uh
1: Uh-huh make sure people can't break it.
0: I've heard stories We had a couple people in our discord who worked uh, who worked at museums maybe still work at museums or work for companies that design exhibits and apparently people are just brutal.
1: Yeah, people are always animals. If you have any doubt, Then you shouldn't have any doubt, because they definitely are. (laughs) When you see
0: stuff at a museum behind layers and layers of what looks like bulletproof acrylic or some shit.
1: Yeah, right.
0: It's because if it wasn't, the first dumb fuck walking through there would rip it out of its socket and throw it on the ground and fart on it. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe not in Paris, but yeah. Here in our museums, Buster.
1: (laughs) People have like such like an anti-intellectual thing that is is hilarious how hostile they are towards anything that makes them think even a little tiny bit.
0: (laughs) My least favorite thing in museums. I love when there are things you can look at. Really, I don't like. I'm just going to go ahead and get it out there. I don't want to touch stuff at a museum.
1: Oh, what about Kosai had the baby chickens?
0: (laughs) We'll get to that. I don't want to touch stuff at a museum. I've never, you know, whenever you see something, it's like, have you ever gone up to a statue and it's like made out of bronze or something Mm -hmm. and it has this patina on it, but it's a statue of a guy and his nose is all shiny? Yeah. (laughs) Because people reach up and rub his fucking nose. Right.
1: (laughs) <laughs> when you see those exhibits
0: and there's just layers of human interaction and it's I'm not talking about a multisensory experience I'm talking about layers of wear on plastic and metal and wood just days weeks months
1: of kids with a knob
0: people rocking a lever back and yeah. forth mm-hmm. people pushing a button People dragging a window over to see what's the answer of what's behind the snake's tail.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like the grimiest shit you could ever touch.
0: It just, it looks awful. I can't touch it. And I was never a germaphobe. Right. I would, I mean, I won't get into it. I was never a germaphobe though. And I could never bring myself to do that. It's just like, I, I don't get grossed out about stuff. But I don't want somebody to stick their hand in my food and then hand it to me. Yeah. There's just something about it that upsets me on, like, a lizard brain level. And seeing the grimy little knobs and stuff, mm Yeah. I want to go in, and I want to have all the stuff there under some glass, and then... I can look at it, and I know that I looked at it, and nobody touched it, and nobody ruined it.
1: I'm very much a fan of the Don't Touch It Museum. I'm very much a fan.
0: So, Natalie, tell me, we were actually talking earlier about the baby chickens. I want to hear about the baby chickens. Baby chickens chickens
1: at COSI. They used to have the kids section of COSI, where they had all the children's exhibits. And they had this big tank. It was like, not like, it wasn't like a fish tank. It was like... It was similar to like one of those little puppy things when you would, they would have the puppies at the mall. Only it was totally filled with baby chickens.
0: So very shallow it, and wide.
1: Yeah, and they had they had like an exhibit where there was eggs, and you can watch chickens hatch, and then they would chuck the baby chickens into the bin, and then you could go play with them. <laughs> yeah, like freely. It was just like it was easily hundreds. Hundreds of baby chickens. There was like, there there was no waiting to touch one. There was no waiting to play with one. There was enough chickens for everybody.
0: And they were just out.
1: They were just out. Help yourself to so a baby wh- chicken. They, they weren't free to take home, but there's like, just grab one. Touch it if you want it.
0: <laughs> so what, I mean, I assume you don't know. What would they do once I the chickens know, got bigger?
1: They would send them somewhere, I imagine. But my guess is that... uh to, Fucking mortality rate for the overtouched chicken babies was probably pretty high if I had to guess. I imagine that a lot of them got dropped on, dropped and stepped no. on. I imagine that a, a lot of them got popped by preschoolers. Oh. <laughs> I mean, can't you imagine they're like little teeny birds, and it's like a subset of human humanity that have like the least control over themselves. Uh- <laughs>
0: I would imagine that that would be awful for kids who accidentally... Now, I'm sure there's there's one out of a thousand, there's going to be some psycho kid that wants to kill animals, right? Uh Uh-huh. But I think I'll just... When I was a kid, I don't know if it was just the area I was in or it was that I was... I grew up in Southern Ohio, but we had all these little frogs. I feel like I don't see any frogs anymore. But, uh... I At the babysitter's house I used to go to, and this was not an accredited person, it was just somebody whose husband was a cop, and they had a cop dog at their house who tried to attack me, but my parents still sent me there because that's the babysitter. Uh Uh-huh. Well, they had trees out behind their house. We referred to it as the woods, but it was basically just a hillside that led to a road. Uh Uh-huh and we would walk around in there and there would be frogs. There would be frogs all the time. And I know one time I had a frog and I was trying to catch a frog and something happened. The frog jumped in front of me or something, I, I, I don't know. The I, I saw the frog and the frog was trying to get away. And I think I didn't think and I just, I stepped on it. And I was like, oh no. And I pulled my shoe back and there was just a dead squished frog. And it made me feel so bad for so long.
1: I- a frog and killed it once too i was walking to school and i was on the sidewalk and a frog just goes and just like jumped onto the sidewalk in front of me just as i stepped down on it <laughs> and i was like what the fuck is that oh my god that frog is dead <laughs> yeah
0: i felt i <laughs> it still it still makes me i mean i don't feel still i don't feel uh, emotionally hurt by it but it's still i still i remember how bad i felt then could you imagine being a kid and i mean i guess you know maybe i thought about it i definitely wasn't a kid that enjoyed hurting animals right sure but could you imagine if you're a little kid in a museum and you accidentally break a bird
1: yeah i bet and you then that's, you're why like, they, that's why they don't have the chicken exhibit anymore baby
0: yeah <laughs> Like, it's as much for the people as it is the kids. How many people do you think are out walking around Ohio who were five years old and they they hurt some bird? And the, and you immediately feel so bad. Right. Or at least I did. Yeah. I spe- like, could you imagine you drop a chicken and then you see it all flopping around and then there's, like, blood spurting out and stuff? <laughs>
1: well, she's little, so it wouldn't spur that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a little squeaky. It would just... It would I'll be.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be so upsetting. It just seems like setting kids up. Like you would try to touch the birds nicely, but you know you're you're young and clumsy, and things happen. You yeah. Step on a frog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anybody's fault. Maybe it's even the frog's fault.
1: <laughs> right. Well, in my case, it was the frog's fault. He, he he should have seen me. I was walking on the sidewalk. I'd been coming. <laughs> Like, now, he was, like, he was really bad at Frogger. (laughs) 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 So, they didn't really have specialized art museums until the late 1700s. Did you know that?
0: No, up until then, it was just a look at this guy's stuff collection. Yeah,
1: right. The first first specialized art museum was the Hermitage in St. Petersburg. And they have all kinds of stuff. But you could have so many different kinds of museums. Did you know that? You have agricultural museums. You have archaeological museums. You can have architectural museums. You have art museums. So many of them. Have you ever been to a weird one?
0: I went to that one for that house. <laughs>
1: the house museum.
0: I went to one that was like the the Cincinnati Fire Museum. I have like very I, I all I remember is that I went there and it was not impressive. It's like, did you know that firemen have dogs? They're called fire dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh the Popcorn Museum where I was from was really crazy. They had a stuffed horse. It was a dead horse and it was stuffed and it had very very long hair. What was it? What was
0: the relevance to I, popcorn?
1: I think maybe you used to pull a popcorn truck. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the horse's name? Uh, Harry? I don't know. <laughs> well, I've been there for a while. <laughs> you know what my favorite weird museum is, though? My favorite... Weird Stuff Museum is the Mutter Museum in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that that counted as a weird museum, but it is probably the weirdest one.
1: It is. It is the College of Physicians of Philadelphia, and they have their collection of anatomical and pathological things. So it is like wax models and medical equipment and all kinds of stuff like that, like dead babies in jars tumors and like wax models of every kind of syphilis you could have on your face.
0: If you've ever seen like a skeleton of conjoined twins or you've seen some kind of deformed skull, it was probably from the Mutter Museum.
1: Right. And they have uh slices of Albert Einstein's brain. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like the tumor that they cut out of what's his face's mouth.
0: Grover Cleveland, yeah. former president.
1: Yeah, he had like a cancerous tumor in his mouth, and they cut it out, and they got it there. You can check it out. Uh, yeah,
0: and the deal was that they did it, they did it secretly and quietly, like, uh, like when Joe Biden would disappear for about four days on the campaign trail and nobody saw him. He was probably having a little something done. <laughs>
1: yeah, right, getting a little tune up. <laughs> <laughs> so the College of Physicians of Philadelphia was founded in 1787 and it was founded by Dr. Benjamin Rush and he wanted to have a medicinal garden so college fellows could like stock up on all of their medicinal herbs because back then it was herbal medicine as oh, opposed to pharmaceuticals
0: so he had a little section where he grew like wormwood and stuff on
1: huh? right right I did that I, that is very dope to me. Like the, growing all the different herbs and stuff that you can use for med- for medicine is very is very cool to me.
0: Well, yeah, and that's what they I mean, that's what they had until they had modern medicine, but that's also what the the Native Americans did.
1: And but modern medicine isn't that great. Like you get prescribed an antidepressant where the effective there's like 13% of people who take it have a have a positive result (laughs) like chances are all you'll get is side effects and that and and it might not do anything to help your depression at all like there are so many drugs where it's like cross your fingers maybe it'll work let's find out
0: well and and i mean if we're talking psychiatric drugs uh you know sometimes they help people and sometimes you know the pharmaceutical companies have studies where they'll do eight studies and then they'll take the one that gave them the results they want and present Mm -hmm. that to the FDA
1: yeah
0: and there's i mean i'm when i talk about modern medicine i'm talking about like insulin
1: antibiotics (laughs)
0: antibiotics stuff there's, there's,
1: there's certain stuff that modern medicine does where you absolutely need it yeah. But there's a lot of it where I'm like, eh, yeah, seems like maybe no. It seems like it's a no for me dog. Like that older fucking pain medications that are just made to make you be addicted to pain medication.
0: Yeah. Purdue Purdue actually uh, had studies showing that oxycontin was only effective for six hours and they prescribed it and and advertised it as being a twelve hour Opioid. So what it did is it precipitated withdrawals. So they invented a drug to make people addicted to the drug, which as you might imagine was immensely profitable.
1: Sure. Sure. So they founded this medicinal garden in 1937, and it has between 50 and 60 medicinal herbs. And but most of the people aren't there to see the garden. I've been to the Mutter Museum numerous times and I've never gone out and looked at the garden.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to look no, next we time. We have to we're go there. next time.
1: So uh, the Munner Museum has three thousand different skeletons. They have skeletons from a guy named Harry Raymond Eastlack who had. FOP, which Mm is is one of those diseases where it makes your bones like overgrow calcium and it makes you so you can't move anymore.
0: Uh, Yeah, that is. And you could see his skeleton and he actually had his normal skeleton with his bones that you would expect to be there. And then it's like his muscle tissue, was it, or his fascia around his muscles or something like that ended up turning into more bone, bone.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, it's called fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva. And it is the only disease where you have well, you will have one organ system turn into another organ system.
0: Oh wow. So your muscles are or your soft tissue turns into bone, yeah. yeah
1: right. Right. Um, there was a second person with the same disease who, who donated her skeleton in 2018, um, named Carol Orzel. Um, they have a skeleton of what they call the Mutter American Giant, which was someone who was seven foot six.
0: God, that must have been, that must have been painful to imagine. Every single time you saw that guy walk through, he'd tell you how tall he was.
1: <laughs> uh, they also have the Hurdle Skull Collection, which is a collection of 139 different skulls from uh, around Europe. Like European people. Oh, yeah. I like looking at that skull. There's the wall of skulls.
0: There's a room and it's shaped in and it's shaped like an oval, and there's a balcony, and down on the first floor there's like a some hominid like orangutan chimpanzee skeletons. There's the bone man. There's the giant man, but then uh, on the balcony ringing it is, uh are tons of skulls, and they have, like, th- the age and the location. So they'll be like, this was a laborer. He died at 49 in Croatia. Yeah, right. It's really interesting to see everybody's weird-ass skulls.
1: Right. They have this saponified woman there. Uh-huh. And they have, uh, they have the Chevalier Jackson Ford body collection, which, which is my other favorite thing there, which is just the cabinet where it's just drawers and drawers and drawers filled with all the weird shit that people have ever swallowed and had to get surgically removed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you pull them out. And this is one of the only times in a museum where I don't mind touching it because... It, it, they're these big drawers, and they have glass over them. You cannot touch. Yeah, right. You cannot touch the gut objects.
1: Right. And so it it is all these items, and they're all labeled with how old the person was who either swallowed or inhaled it. Uh, what it was that they swallowed or inhaled, where it got lodged in, like what kind of procedure they needed to have to get it removed. It's fascinating. It is like weird shit. Like like a lot of it's like, oh, it's a button, of course, but then you'll there'll be something fucking bizarre. You're like, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, They have a piece of John Wilkes Booth's thoracic tissue they have the conjoined liver and torso of chang and Eng.
0: the famous the original siamese twins now yeah. called conjoined twins but they, they have were like everything there they were from siam
1: they have so it have all the weirdest shit there all of it uh-huh. it's very sweet I love though it. it's very sweet it, i it is like one of the main reasons i like going to philadelphia i i quite like philadelphia though
0: you know get your vaccine and then go to the mutter museum
1: That's what I want to do. I want to get my vaccine. I want to go to art museum and see my shiny monkey painting. (sighs) I go to the (laughs) modern museum. I got to pet a dog today. Can I talk about that? I hadn't pet a dog for a year, and then I was at the park today, and I saw a dog, and I pet it. (laughs) So that was was an update for me. I feel like I should mention that. Yeah. So there is a museum in Tokyo that is a museum of parasites. Did you know that?
0: No. What's it called? It is
1: called the Meguro Parasitological Museum, and they have sixty thousand specimens of different parasites. They have an eight meter long tapeworm. Wow! And they have all kinds of books about parasites.
0: Was that inside of a person? Yes. That I would hate to get tapeworms. They'd I... get
1: skinny. That's what they would. They would like in the old days, like ladies would swallow them to get skinny.
0: Oh, not worth it. You could feel it moving. I could, the pair I bet you could. Once it's long enough and it moves enough, you could feel it. Yeah, I'm sure you would be able to feel it. I'll tell you one of the grossest stories I ever read was And this was one of the, this was on a very early website. I it was remember early
1: internet. I remember the story already.
0: <laughs> I read this story in like 97 or 98 back when there was like suck.com, which Sounds awful, but it was like a literary site. People wrote articles about experiences they had. Uh, And the idea was this guy was in Belgium and he was traveling and he went and he heard about steak tartare and he had never had it and he asked for it at this restaurant and it was, and he got it and he was in like a nice Belgian restaurant and he got it and he was like, that was fucking fantastic. I don't know if he was there. Uh, probably they're studying or something. You know, rich people have different lives. You just sure. go to Belgium and just study. Just pay, oh, for, just pay for all the travel and pay to stay there and pay to go to school there in another country. Why not? People just have different lives. It's fine. Uh, not my life. I was going to shitty school that had a computer lab in the basement, and I was reading about it there in the basement. <laughs> and anyway, so I guess he enjoyed it. And so he went back and he kept getting the steak tartare. He went back. And, of course, steak tartare is raw ground hamburger meat. Uh And then some variations on it, they have a raw egg in there as well. Now, what you're going to get from an egg is salmonella, which is a bacteria. It's not great. You don't want to get salmonella poisoning. but. It's not quite as gross as what he got from the raw steak meat that yeah. was ground, which was tapeworms.
1: Buttworms, yeah. Bad yucky.
0: And he, basically, the way the story goes is that he went and he was getting the steak tartare. He didn't think anything about it. He was like, well, they know what they're doing. It's a restaurant, right? And as... You know, the events of the past year have told us this reasoning was right. We've come to learn in the past year that restaurant operators are generally safe and sane. (laughs) Right. Uh Definitely won't murk you for $20. (laughs) So one day he's just having these intestinal problems. He wakes up in the night or he's sitting around and he's just got like lower gut problems and he just feels it and it's just hurting and feels... Awful. Feels like it's churning around. And then finally, he goes to the bathroom. And he he goes and he's trying to go to the bathroom and he's crapping. And a worm comes out. A worm or two worms come out of his ass and start wriggling around. He can feel them slapping his ass cheeks. Yeah. And he has to, like, rip them out of his ass. And that's when he found out he had all these tapeworms from eating raw meat.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's yucky. Tapeworms are very yucky.
0: So I... I mean, I don't think he went back, and it would have been too early in the history of the world for him to leave a review on Yelp. So.
1: Right, right. Um, in Portland, Maine, there is a cryptozoology museum. Makes me want to go to Maine.
0: I think that would be fun to go to, but n- there's no physical evidence of any cryptozoology.
1: Well, um, there could be it would big be footprints.
0: It would be cool to see the exhibits, but... Uh, it would be cooler if there was like Bigfoot bones.
1: That's all I'm <laughs> they saying. They got footprints. Sure. I mean, I don't know. What about their footprints, though? They got a little hair sample. I if they got a Mothman there.
0: If they, if they had a Mothman.
1: There's a Mothman Museum.
0: There is Point Pleasant, West uh-huh. Virginia, right?
1: Yeah, I would go to that. Actually, I was just talking to my friend today about how that is, like, very much high on my list of where I'm going to go after the pandemic.
0: We had plans to go last summer, and that didn't work out. Maybe this year. Maybe Mothman Festival 2021. Maybe
1: that'll be our first trip after the pandemic.
0: We'll see how things work out. I've seen photos of that Mothman Museum. It looks very rundown. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then we had you had to go when they had a festival so you can get all the Mothman swag. Yeah. Did you know that there is a museum on the sixth floor of the Dealey Plaza in Dallas that is about JFK stuff?
0: In the... Right there in the building, uh-huh. in the book depository? In the, bu- in
1: the book depository, yeah.
0: I didn't realize. I thought that they just probably closed the building or they still use it for books. <laughs> so you can actually go in there and like line up your phone, like line up your site.
1: Right. I bet you that people were really wanting to go up there all the time. Oh, God. And so they probably just like, we're like, fine, but we're going to charge you, baby.
0: Yeah. Yeah, do they? Can you go on the grassy knoll too? I'm sure the
1: grassy. Well, the knoll's grassy just,
0: knoll's outside. It's just yeah. grass
1: outside. It's everyone can go out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you were a CIA agent and you were lining up to take the shot, that's where you'd want to be.
1: Because, because the aliens, because JFK was going to say about the aliens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just stopping myself. I'm just stopping myself. That's all. <laughs> I know, you're right.
1: (laughs) He knew about him in the ocean.
0: No, he he knew a lot of stuff. JFK was on high doses of meth from his personal physician. He was having sex with models. He got his head cratered in because he knew too much, and he was flapping that yap. Yeah. And if there's one thing the government hates, it's the government.
1: Yeah. Right, the government's always trying to destroy the government. It kind of makes it seem like I, I don't know. You should like maybe redo it.
0: <laughs> redo the government. <laughs> now that's not legal within the uh, within the bounds of the laws that the government created. <laughs> Isn't there somebody's consent you forgot to get? <laughs>
1: There is, um, in the, at the National Museum of Iraq, there was something called the Mask of Warka, which is the oldest discovered accurate depiction of a human face. Yeah. And they, they had lost it during the war and stuff, like the Iraqi war. Yeah. But they found it again. I want to look up and see what that looks like. Can we see what it looks like? Does it look like a regular person?
0: I don't know. Where'd they find it? Hobby Lobby?
1: found it in the dirt somewhere, I guess. It's a fast fact, so I don't have very much information about it. Sorry. <laughs> I want to look at it, though. I think that it might they be They found
0: cool. it undamaged, buried in a farmer's backyard. It was in the dirt. Oh, it kind of looks like... Um, you know what it looks like? It looks like uh, the guy that you beat at the end of Arkanoid. I thought it was
1: going to be like a mask, like a plaster mask. But it looks like it's just a statue with a face.
0: Yeah, it's got a kind of angular
1: Like the first good job someone did on a face. <laughs> is that what it is? First good job. Oh, I'm glad they found it. You,
0: you remember <laughs> you remember the first time you were in art class and then somebody's like, Oh, look at this. Chris can draw. Oh, can you draw Michael Jordan?
1: <laughs> oh, draw a Nike sign. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the that's the cultural equivalent of the first Nike sign. Yeah <laughs>
1: cool. <laughs> Did you know that in Croatia they have a museum called Froggy Land, which is five hundred stuffed frogs doing different human stuff.
0: <laughs> I think we talked about that on our collection episode, our collectibles episode a million episodes ago. Right. Froggy Land. <laughs> The next time you're in Croatia.
1: <laughs> next time you're in Croatia, check out Froggyland. Think about it. <laughs> they got all the frogs in all the different positions.
0: And they're doing people stuff. <laughs> stuff you never
1: expect a frog oh, to do. Oh, God,
0: I just, Natalie, I just had a horrible realization. Maybe somewhere in Froggyland, just waiting for me to show up, somewhere in Froggyland, there's a little stuffed frog and it's stepping on a miniature version of me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Ah, fucking frog. I love it. (laughs) So what did you learn today about museums?
0: You know, they're they're big, they could be small and you know they're everywhere natalie
1: yeah they have all the stuff they sometimes they have junk sometimes they have cool stuff sometimes they have whoa crazy stuff
0: and you know if you're looking for whoa crazy stuff the one place you're gonna find it is harlem township
1: right they have everything there i bet you there's a harlem township museum
0: I, you would have to you would have to look it up if you're curious it's harlem TWP. Uh, I bet you
1: eat the Harlem Township Museum is—you just go and park your car and you stand out in the middle of a field and you just enjoy the fresh air and sense of peace. That's Harlem Township, baby.
0: That would be the true and en- the true enjoyment of life. You know who loves to enjoy life, Natalie? Corey Grella. Corey she's Grella. She's enjoying
1: it right now. I bet.
0: I hope she's having a great time. She sponsored Garbage Brain University, and we appreciate that. Finally, last but not least, your fruit. Your vegetables are getting fucked.
1: Yeah, you're you're just putting them in an envelope without any packets from Hazel Technologies. And so your fruit arrives at its destination, fucked.
0: You know, without... Absolutely,
1: by definition, the most fucked it's ever been.
0: Just completely destroyed fruit. And Hazel Technologies is trying to fix your life and you just won't let them in
1: hazel technologies can only show you magic they can't make you see it <laughs> <laughs> There's they're just
0: dropping these are full <laughs> ad campaigns right
1: <laughs> they
0: spent 17 years off the two words got milk and you know if if we could just get some pickup here hey Thanks Ain't nothing, and everybody else in our Discord who suggested this. If you want in on the Discord or the 80 to 90 paid episodes you haven't heard yet because you haven't paid, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Good night.